Welcome to the 24-7 Marriage Podcast. Guess what? I don't have my partner in crime, and I am all alone, and I'm kind of excited about it. I have my hot tea with me, I have my notes, and I am ready to go. So, first of all, um, we've had a little bit of an explosion on uh, Instagram, and for all of you who are new to listening to our podcast, we've also seen our following increase with our podcast Welcome and thank you. Um, we are humbled that you listen to us, that you follow us, that you're leaving comments, that you're sharing this podcast, that you're sharing the good information that you're hearing over on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're wherever you're following us at. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world to us. We don't just do this um, to toot our own horn because there is no horn to toot. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We simply feel that God has equipped us and called us specifically for marriages. And this is what we get to do. And we love coming alongside you guys, helping you in every stage and every season you find yourself in in marriage. So just wanted to say thank you. And we're humbled and we're grateful and we look forward to continuing to do the work that we do. So I get to be all alone and I wanted to share something really, I think is key and crucial to your marriage and to your um, success moving forward and just the generational impact that um, your marriage will have on your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. So what I want to talk to you today about is prayer. And before you hit the fast-forward button or find another podcast to listen to, I really in, just encourage you to lean in and listen to what I have to share and what this means for you, because we believe that prayer is the foundation of any marriage that desires to thrive and to see God do what only he can do in our marriage. So I did steal a little bit of my notes from a pastor that we heard in Bend, Oregon at Journey Church. So shout out to Journey Church. I don't know your pa the pastor's name. I forgot. But thank you for teaching a sermon on prayer because you gave me a lot of great notes and I'm just passing this along. So many of you that are listening, maybe you say, I'm not really a person who prays, Shannon, or prayer is something I do every day. It could be something that's brand new to you, like I've just started on my journey of praying to God. So I, wherever you're at in your walk, I believe that this is going to be a great message for you. And there's several scriptures that really uh, direct us in, in, in how we pray and what we're praying for and, and the reasons behind prayer. Um, Oswald Chambers, the great Oswald Chambers, he said in this quote, Prayer is not getting things from God. That is the most initial stage. Prayer is getting into perfect communion with God. I tell him what I know he knows in order that I may get to know it as he does. So 
I love that so much. Our prayer time with God is not so much that we can change God's mind, that we can change God's heart, that God would see things our way, that God would quickly send um, an answer, that he would quickly solve the crisis in our life. Although he does say that whatever we ask in his name, in John 14, 14, you may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. The part that we miss in translation, I believe, is that what how God desires and sees fit to to bring answer or solution to the things that we're praying for are very different than the way we see them. I don't know how many times I have prayed or Javi and I have prayed specifically for things and we did not see God answer it the way we wanted. Now, let me say this. The way he did answer it was better than our way. It was better, but in the moment, it did not feel or look better. It absolutely did not. And I'm sure a lot of you out there can agree with me that sometimes in the middle of that waiting and you're like, God, I could totally like help you out right now. Uh, This is what needs to happen in my marriage or in my family or in my job. If you would just do this, I could move on with my day. This would be great. But God doesn't see our life in the times and moments that we do. He's expansive, he's omnipotent, and he sees he sees creation from the beginning to end. He's not living in this day, in this month, and in this time, in this hour, like we are experiencing it. So the way that God sees, sees fit to answer or bring us resolution is very different than the way we see it. So that's why I love what Oswald Chambers says about we we go to God so that we may that we may lean into what God already knows so that we can understand the Father's heart and the Father's voice which is so important. So one of the things that I we encourage a lot um on Instagram and through our posts and most of our reels is we do talk about prayer and we talk about God a lot because at the core that is, um, we believe is the only way to have a successful and thriving marriage. Outside of it, you might experience limited moments of happiness or joy, but the everlasting, the the generational impact you will never fully experience unless you are walking in Christ, in a relationship where you are committed and devoted to Him. And part of that is in your prayer life. And many times we hear couples um, that are in the middle of praying because they're in the middle of crisis. And they're like, I'm asking God what I should do. I'm asking God if I should stay with my spouse. And I'm asking God if He could fix my spouse. And I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking. And while God clearly says that we can come to him and ask for anything, he will do it. There's another aspect of prayer that I want to bring to your attention. And maybe for some of you, this is just like uh, just relearning something or just a reminder. For some of you, this might be new for you. But the other part of prayer is that we come to God with our thanksgiving. I mean, prayer can mean so many different things. Prayer can be about our requests. Prayer can be about rejoicing. 
Prayer can be about thanksgiving. Prayer can be about a confession. Prayer can be about acceptance. Prayer can be a cry for help. A prayer can be seeking God's will. It's all of those things. So it's not just one thing. We don't just go to God and only ask for what we need. It says in Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So when we come to God in prayer, we need to be coming to him with first thanking him for who he is and what he does in our life. And sometimes I've prayed with couples and I've prayed with wives, especially who are like, I don't have anything good to thank God about my spouse. And I'm like, you might have 99 things that you hate about your spouse right now, but we're going to find the one thing you're going to thank God for. And we always do. We always do. There's always something you can be grateful for. Let me tell you right now. Here's the one thing that every single person on the planet right now can be thankful for in prayer every single time you pray, and that is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins in our place because he did something for us we cannot do for ourselves. We cannot save or redeem ourselves. And if God never does anything else in our lives, that was enough. He gave us everlasting life when we are in full submission and accept his free gift. So that is something every single person can be thankful for. If you read through the Psalms and you read some of the prayers that David um, was either singing or crying out to God, you will see so many different aspects of prayer. You will see David... Well, I don't know why I said his name like that, David. You will see David pray out to God and cry out for help. You will hear him lamenting because he is so broken. And then there are times when you will hear him rejoicing, thanking God for what he's done, thanking him for the battle that they're going into, thanking and rejoicing over what God has done. So, my encouragement to you today is in all the things that you're taking to God and asking for, and they are probably great things. Maybe you're praying about your job. Maybe you're praying for a family member. Maybe you're praying for somebody that is sick. Maybe you're praying for a spouse who has totally walked away from the Lord and you're left wondering what's next. Um, maybe you're praying for a, a wayward child that um, is off doing their own things in the world and they want nothing to do with God. There are so many things that all of us are praying for. And while I want to encourage you to go before God and pray for those things, enter into his courts with thanksgiving first. Enter in with praise. And that means just thanking and praising God for what he has already done, because he deserves our praise. He 100% deserves our praise. Uh, let's see. I want to read this quote from um, C.S. Lewis, which I absolutely love. 
have been diving in, reading so much of his literature lately. I'm just on a C.S. Lewis kick. And he said this, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. Waking and sleeping, it doesn't change, God. It changes me. It doesn't change God. It changes me. Prayer is meant to change you. It, is, it isn't meant that we take something to God and really hopes he'll take our advice. And if you're out there and you're like, oh, been there, done that, me too. Like so many times I have prayed for things, really thinking that I am so in sync with God right now. Like I'm sure him and I are thinking the exact same thing on the resolution or how this is going to get resolved or how this crisis is going to be averted. And um, I was wrong. And no, my job and my what I'm doing when I come before God in prayer is to lean in to hear God's heart to draw closer to the Father and to hear His voice. And so many times um, we can we can just kind of get that convoluted in our in our in our head and in our minds. So I just really want to encourage you as you go in, like enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise before you make your petitions known to God. What what exactly you are praying for. Um just so everybody understands because we get a lot of questions from maybe new new followers of Christ um sometimes those that just haven't really had maybe a good example maybe they didn't grow up in church or come from a family that had a background of faith so doing these things as an adult is new to them so i want to i want to explain a little a little about prayer um so that maybe this will give some people some ease around it because I think it trips people up. It makes them nervous. I don't know if I can talk to God. I don't know if I want to talk to God. Where do I have to be? Do I have to do I have to be somewhere? Do I have to say certain things? And I want you to know that prayer can be quick and prayers can be long. There are people in the Bible that are literally running into battle and they're like, Lord, help us. That was their prayer. Amen. And the word amen means so be it. It means, yes, we agree with what we are praying for, that God is going to come through, that God is going to show up. Amen. Prayer can happen anywhere and at any time. I pray in the shower all the time. I pray in the car. I pray in a house with a mouse, in a fox, with a box. Literally, you can pray anywhere. There is nowhere you can pray that is off limits. You can pray silently or you can pray out loud. Um, it really is what is whatever you feel is comfortable. But I am going to challenge you that God will lead you eventually out of that comfort zone and maybe into something else especially around this topic of praying with your spouse. Woo. And let me tell you, I come from 
I mean, Javi and I have been married almost 30 years. And the first several years were so weird because he he made it so weird to pray with him. And if he was here, he would try to defend himself. But he's not. So I'm just going to keep going. And he made it so awkward. And he was like, Shannon, I'm going to turn off the lights. And I was like, why? Well, I I I don't want to see you while I pray. I was like, okay, that was weird. And I was like, um, can we hold hands and like just stand together? And he's like, nope, I'd rather pace around the room. Um, okay, so now we're in the dark and Javi's pacing around the room. And it was so, now looking back, it just makes me giggle. It is so funny because he was really uncomfortable in, in an awkward place of like, you know, maybe feeling insecure about how to lead my wife in prayer. Like, is she going to judge me for what I'm saying or what I'm going to, what's coming out of my mouth or how I do it or how long I pray? And I'm sure he was thinking all these things. And I was just thinking, can't you just stand here and hold my hands and we just like pray and we can go on with our day? And, you know, 30 years later, it's nothing like that. But it, it's so funny to think back on all these things that trip us up. So we recently have worked with a couple that just in maybe the last eight to 10 months have started praying together and they've been married for over 20, 25 years and they've just started praying together. And it is so, so, so cool to hear their stories and hear when we talk to them on the phone or in a text about what they prayed for or just um, how that how that spouse, that husband is leading in prayer and like, hey, hey, don't go to, you can't go to work yet or like, don't go downstairs, let's, let's pray really quick. Like just being that in that place of leadership and praying for his wife and with his wife is so beautiful and amazing. God is not looking for us to be eloquent, to use big, fancy words, and that we stretch our words out and that we keep saying God or Father or repeating ourselves, repeating certain things that we've heard maybe other people do. It's a conversation with our Heavenly Father, God. I'm having a horrible day today. It's crappy. I don't know why. I don't know if I have a bad attitude. I don't know what I need to do, but I just need you to know I feel crappy today and I need you to help me. I need you to remind me of whose I am and help me snap out of this. Amen. You can talk to God just like that. It does not need to be fancy or eloquent or with big fancy word that's not going to impress God. And like I said, our prayers are about requests, rejoicing, thanksgiving, confession, acceptance, cry for help, seeking God's will. They're all of those things. So as I wrap up here, I just want to encourage you two things, two things I want you to take away. I want you to Remember to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. And what that means is at the beginning of your prayer, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you sent your son to die for me, that I would have everlasting life. And then you can keep going because there are always things that you can be thankful for. One thing I tell God I am thankful for every single night, and you might laugh at me, but don't laugh at me because that would be rude. 
But every single night I lay down and I say, thank you, Jesus, that I have a warm bed to sleep in and that I've never had to worry a single night of my life where I was going to sleep. And that might sound silly. I There's so many people who've never had a warm bed to sleep in, who've never known where their next night of sleep will be. Will it be in shelter? Will it not be in shelter? And for me, I'm like, I'm so thankful that you've watched over and taken care of me, that I had a mom and dad who provided a warm house and a bed, that I've always had that. I don't want to take that for granted. So I always thank God for that. I thank God for our children. I thank God that he is working in their life, that he is becoming more real in their lives every day, that they are humbling themselves, that the scales would fall from their eyes if if they're being tempted, if they're being um, influenced. God, would you be the biggest voice in their life? I could go on and on about the things that I am, that I pray for, that I'm grateful for. But the first thing I want you to remember is enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. The second thing is, if you have never prayed with your spouse, now is the time. There is no time like the present. And I know this might feel really awkward or uneasy to you, but this doesn't need to be an hour-long prayer. This just needs to be while you're laying in bed, you could just hold hands and say, I'm just going to pray that we would have a good night's sleep. Just start there or first thing in the morning. You don't have to look at each other. Say, thank you, God, for my wife. Thank you, God, for my kids. Would you watch over us? Would you continue to provide for us? In Jesus' name, amen. Like they can be very simple prayers, but I want you to start praying with your spouse. Listen, When we come together where two or more are gathered, he is in the midst of that. So when we come together with our spouse in prayer, that means our spouse and us, that's two people, plus God, that's three. That means God is right there in that. And what we do in prayer together, the enemy cannot stand. Because when we come together in prayer, we are stronger, we are unified. And the enemy hates that so much. So prayer is so much about what we're learning and what we're gleaning and how we're leaning into God to hear his heart and to hear his voice. So those are my two takeaways for you. And I do have a a shameless plug really quick. Um, Not shameless. I won't say shameless, but I am going to plug our our new devotional. It's on 24-7 Marriage, but I I wrote it. I recorded it. It's called Respect. It is a three-day devotional just for wives. So if you've ever been tripped up by that word and want to know more about what the Bible has to say about respect, and on the other end of that would be, what does God have to say to men about how they love us? You are not going to want to miss this. All you have to do is click the link in our bio, whether you're on Spotify, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of our bio links lead to the same place. It is called Respect, three-day devotional for women. Get it, listen to it. There's a journal you can download to do the work that goes along with it. It is so good. And I think it is going to be very eye-opening for you because you are going to learn about God's heart for men 
and what are what what we are privileged and what we get to do as wives and what we get to do is we get to come alongside them and be their cheerleader and offer respect in a way that is so contrary to what the world says it is so contradicting to what the world has to say so i want you to get that today download that today you're going to love it And remember, in marriage, you don't have to, you get to. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the 24-7 Marriage Podcast. Help us expand our reach by rating and leaving us a review on iTunes. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more information on the work we do and how to support 24-7 Marriage, head on over to 247marriage.org and click on Partner With Us. Until next week, remember, in marriage, you don't have to, you get to.